With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Art on the Airwaves with Cammie Davis on KSKQ 89.5 FM in Ashland, Oregon. Art on the Airwaves is a show about art and the business of art. And really excited, um, I was checking out my podcast analytics yesterday. So um, along with doing Art on the Airwaves uh, on community radio here in Ashland, Oregon, I also upload it for different podcasts. Um, It is now available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spreaker, and Stitcher. And I was checking out the analytics for that yesterday. And I'm kind of excited because we have thousands of people now who listen to it. And the reason that excites me so much is that people are becoming more aware of art and how um, you can use it to inspire your life, as well as how amazing the art and culture is here in Southern Oregon. If you're listening to the podcast and you're out of the country or out of the area, and I know there's quite a few people that do, if you haven't been to Southern Oregon yet, now's the time for a visit because I got to tell you, it is gorgeous here. I was driving to the station today, driving into Ashland, and we have blue sky. Uh, finally after a little while of smoke from the forest fires around us but the blue skies appeared again and there were clouds big fluffy clouds and the mountains surrounding Ashland and it was just so gorgeous so um culture, art, and beautiful nature here in Southern Oregon. Um, I sent out my newsletter yesterday, and it is a monthly newsletter that I do, so if you sign up for it, don't worry, you only get one newsletter a month, and that is it. And I talk about the different things that are going on in my world of art, and um, include uh, try to include tips for artists and entrepreneurs. Um, I'm also going to start offering um, occasional deals for subscribers, so this time I um, was able to offer a special for Eat Magazine um, for subscribers to subscribe to that for a special deal. So that was on my newsletter. Next time, I'm actually going to, in October's newsletter, I'm going to um, bundle some of my discontinued art jewelry that I make and offer it for a huge discount to people that um, subscribe um, and to kind of clear out my inventory and move on to the new products that I'm creating. So to subscribe to my newsletter, just go to cammydavis.com. There's a bar right up at the top, you just enter your email. Um, it's C-A-M-M-Y davis.com. So one of the cool things that I did this morning, um, actually the funnest thing that I did this morning was I have an exhibit coming up. It's it's the biggest exhibit that I've done so far. It is um, a solo exhibit at an art gallery in the Pearl District in Portland, Oregon. I'm really excited about it. And it is for the month of October. The opening is October 1st. If you're around Portland on that night, come to the first Thursday Art Walk in the Pearl District. Mark that on your calendar um, if you feel like it. Um, but getting ready for it, one of the cool things that I'm doing is I'm creating a video about the exhibit. So the exhibit is called Letting Go. And as I was trying to put um, voice to kind of the art that I was creating for the exhibit, I spoke with um, one of our guests today, Martin Ball, and asked if I 
I could use some of the music from his CD. And I went through his CD. When I found the song Eagle Quest, I knew I had found the right song. So I created a painting to it called Letting Go. And this video is about that. Um, the concept behind it is how I was getting bogged down, down by other people's criticism. And I was letting it affect me. Um, I tend to, if people criticize me, I tend to feel like I'm in a cage and I can't get out. Um, I wanted to find my own wings um, with my art and, of course, with my life as well. And um, as I was editing the video this morning, I really think I've created that. So I'm excited about that. We're going to talk to Martin Ball um, about the creation of that video um, in a little bit when he's on. We're also going to hear some of his live music. And that song, Eagle Quest, is going to be our closing song today. So you're going to want to listen to the end of the show for that. So um, let me read a word from our sponsors. And then we're going to go to our first live song by Martin Ball. And when we come back from that, we're going to speak with our first guest today, which is Colin Pope from Eat Magazine. He is calling live from Australia. And I know it's a different day. It's really intriguing to me. It's a different day there. And it's some ungodly hour of the morning there, too. So we're going to uh, see if he's had his coffee yet in a few minutes. So now we're going to go to our first song by Martin Ball. Welcome to the show, Martin. Thanks, Cammie. It's great to be here. It's fun to be on this side of the interview mic. I know. It's really different walking in here. The the two times I've been in the studio with you, you've been interviewing me. Yeah. So it was really weird to be on the other side of it. But it, it's it's nice to see you there with your guitar in hand. Yeah, it's fun. Um, usually I don't get to play music on the radio. so. I know. You did a show where it was about uh, local musicians, and yet you were never the one playing. So I was like, oh, my God, I need you playing on my show. So I'm really excited that you're here. Um, what song are you going to play for our first one? Um, just even, deciding even his um is rhythmical. Did you guys notice that? It's like musical. Like, um. Mm, uh, I'm going to play. It's actually a pretty old song. Uh, I think the name is called Light as Air. I forget the names of my songs a lot because to me, the, you know, it's all just sets of chords and, and whatnot. And the name is kind of the last thing that happens. Right. Yeah. Hey, you know what? It is for my paintings too. I name them the minute I'm done with them. Like it comes to me and that's the name of it. And, I, and I'm done. Typically, like if I'm painting to a song like yours, I, I guess I didn't name it. Be- no, I didn't because your song is Eagle Quest. I did name yours at the end, Letting Go, because when I was painting it to that beautiful music of yours, that's what I felt like. I feel like I was letting go. It was amazing. Nice. So that's cool that that's what you do with your music, too. Okay, so here is Martin Ball.
so, so, so pretty. That is gorgeous, Martin. Thank you so much. Martin's going to be on again with another live song um, after we talk to Colin Pope. So let me put him on the air right now. Colin, are you there? Yeah, hi. Good morning, Cammy. Can you hear me okay? Hey, we can hear you great. Listeners, this is Colin Pope from Eat Magazine. He's calling live from Australia. And Colin, I know it's some ungodly hour of the morning, and it's even like a different day there, right? What, what day is it? That, that, that's right. So thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So it's, it's now Saturday morning. It's uh, about 6.15 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> and uh, we're at the beginning of spring. We've just had the first day of spring. I know that you've just moved into fall, and so, um, yeah, it's a, really, it's a really beautiful time of year. Oh, my God, that just blew my mind because not having ever traveled outside of the States, I didn't even think about it being a different season. What, what an airhead am I? It's, it's spring there, and now we've just entered, completely entered fall, like overnight. It was weird. Wow, that's, that's interesting. So, um, Colin, let's start by having you tell the listeners about Eat Magazine. Yeah, sure. So I've got uh, I've got the latest edition in front of me on on the iPad, and of course the article that I'm looking at is the article by uh, Chris Foster, uh, which uh, which you had sent us. And I'm just looking at some of his images in the iPad. Absolutely amazing. And so, uh, in actual fact, when I I look at it, uh, we've had quite a few artists now from Oregon, and uh, I guess that's in part of our whole keeping is that we've always, in one way, we've not only had artists from the US, but we've always had artists from Australia as well. And, and we're going to sort of begin to mix that up a little bit uh, more as we go ahead and bring in other artists from different parts of the world. But it's always been a very uh, US-Australian-centric edition, I guess. Yeah, I love that. The article that he is talking about um, is Chris Foster, who's an artist from Portland, Oregon, that um, I had interviewed and uh, did the article for Eat Magazine. And Chris was on Art on the Airwaves. He was a calling guest um, a couple of episodes ago or a couple of shows ago. Uh, if you missed that or any of the other podcasts, you can go to artontheairwaves.com. Under podcasts, you can listen to the um, the the interview with Chris Foster, the live one. But the article is even more fascinating because it has these beautiful images and has more in-depth information about Chris. If people want to um, read that article, Colin, how do they do that? Uh, well, look, if they've got an iPhone uh, 5 or 6 or an iPad, they can just go to eatmag.com, which is E-A-T-T-M-A-G.com. And, uh, and all of the podcasts that are loaded there on the website, each one of them has a picture, an image of the cover of the magazine, and they just click on that and they can download it. Um, we've just put a, we've, we've started, I guess I need to call it a fall special, but here we're calling it a spring special, of course. And you can get uh, three copies of the magazine for three ninety nine now uh, till the end of the month, the end of September 2015. And so, um, yeah, look, it's a fantastic, it's a fantastic deal. It's magazines for three ninety nine, and we're doing this as a, as a thank you, I guess, to our readers and also as part of our launch of the podcast as well. I love that. Now, now EAT, E-A-T-T, um, stands for environment? No. You, tell me what it stands for, Colin. Environment, <laughs> art, technology, and travel. 
<laughs> I knew that. I was close. For some reason, when I started saying environment, I went, ooh, did I get that wrong? Yeah, so he has a bunch of really interesting um, articles in it, and that was how we first met, as he had contacted me about doing an article about my art, so um, I really appreciate that. Um, so let's talk about you moving into podcasts, because I've listened to probably five or six of your podcasts, and I find them to be really informative and interesting. So why the switch, or not even a switch, it's an addition um, to podcasting, and what if people listen to your podcast, um, what information are they going to be getting from them? Yeah, sure. Uh, in answer to the first part of your question, I've never actually told, told this story before, so I might as well do it now. <laughs> and uh, look, I had a couple of friends who, who said to me a while ago, about a year ago, in actual fact, look, I think you should do a podcast, you should do a podcast. And I was like, no, no, no. Um, because the magazine, I guess we just started the magazine, it was really starting then to take off, and, and I didn't want to kind of get distracted. I wasn't actually really sure if I, uh, if I wanted to podcast. I wasn't really listening to podcasts, and I, it, was, it was a really, it was a, like a no way kind of a thing. And then, right. and then, um, and then one night, I, I, I'd gone to see my friend on the train, and I had uh, a couple of beers before I went up there. And <laughs> that always I helps with major decisions. And, and uh, we walked up to the dam, and uh, we normally sit up there, and you can watch the kangaroos come down. They sit on the other side of the dam and drink, and we sit no. on the other side of the dam, and we get up there and watch the sun go down. And then I said, okay, let's do one now. Oh my and, God. Um, yeah, I mean, it was amazing, and I've never looked back, and uh, it's, it's just been incredible. I, I guess you were talking about looking at your analytics, and that was something that um, that I didn't want to do uh, for a long time, I guess, for the first three months since I'd been podcasting, because I was I was kind of terrified. I wasn't really sure how many people were listening, and I didn't really, yeah. um, I didn't want to get distracted by that, by having lots of people or not having many people, and so I never did it for quite a while, and then, yeah. and then wow. Uh, we did that, well, I had a look a couple of months ago, and it was just, it, it was phenomenal. We, we, within a short space of, I don't know, I think like four weeks, we gained an extra thousand listeners. And that was without really uh, much marketing or anything, and, and it was mind-blowing. That is so cool. I didn't know the story was going to involve kangaroos, by the way, so I love that addition. Thank you. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> I've never seen a kangaroo living here in Oregon. Um, what I think is so um, interesting about your podcast is that you include a lot of different um, different people and interviews that are doing different types of entrepreneurs. That's what I'm trying to say. So that um, as an artist going through and listening to them, I was able to pull something from every podcast. So it's like I want to go and listen to all of them. I don't want to miss one of them. One of the things I'm wondering if why people are relating so well to podcasts, because here's what I find so relatable about them, is that I'm so busy. I'm always painting or I'm working on the computer. With podcasts, you can turn it on for background. You've got the audio going, and yet you can still do your work. So that that's why I'm finding myself listening to them more and more now that I finally, you know, found the ones I like and how to easily access them. What do you think? That's right. Look, I think I think there's actually a lot of reasons, and I'm not sure that I know all of them, but I've, I've got some ideas around. Um, certainly, I mean, I know a lot of people, uh, particularly in, in the startup entrepreneurial side of life, who just you know, they are on such a steep learning curve. They, they realize that their businesses, in order to get, up, get them off the ground, they almost need to be learning 24 hours a day. And, and of course, uh, you know, you don't want to spend uh, that much 
much time in front of the computer. I think a lot of people are kind of mm. over screen time as much yeah. as uh, I know everybody when they commute to work, they're all looking at their phones. Yeah. Uh, um, some of them are not looking at their phones, though. they're actually listening to podcasts. And I think, I think for a lot of people, um, you know, I get messages from people all the time saying, yeah, look, I'm doing a great road trip. I'm taking like five of your podcasts with, with us. And, oh, very um, cool. You know, this kind of thing, and people listen to them when they're running. Uh, somebody sent me a message the other day saying, I'm just doing the dishes listening to your mm. podcast, uh, which I thought was kind of funny. And I think it's, um, I think there's another thing that you said, actually, which was a, which is a really important, and that is that I think a lot of the stuff that's coming out of podcasts, uh, particularly within, um, I guess, the business arena, is, is to do with a lot of that stuff not easily found online. So yes. even though people might be blogging and posting about it, not always easy to find and it's not always really easy to understand mm-hmm. uh, the, the depth of, of how important it is that, that whatever people are doing and they say look this is something I really tried and it really worked for me does that, does that make sense? You know it does and what I found with um, why um, interviewing people on my radio show which uh, of course I'm now posting as podcasts um, because I found them so valuable and I think the reason is um, people will say oh I've never been asked that question before I think when we sit down to write like you know our brain is working and we're, we're dissecting and we're thinking about what we're writing and what we're putting out there to the world whereas when you're um, on podcasts um, especially if you don't edit them down which I know you and I um, neither of us do unless there's a major blooper in them um, we post the whole thing and I think that that except for for you know like content length or whatever but I think that's really important because you get the genuine answers from people um, I mean sometimes they're rehearsed but a lot less um, you're getting information that you're not going to find in written form online so um, it's less edit, edited so I think that's partly why um, people are responding so well to them too um, what are other things that we want to talk about today Colin because I know sadly I, I really could talk to you forever and I know um, we're going to plan another to have Colin on again now that we know having him call from Australia um, it actually works and we're talking about possibly in January but you can find um, all of my upcoming shows on artontheairwaves.com um, but we are a little bit limited on time today. We've got another seven or eight minutes. I know one of the things that I wanted to ask you is if artists um, or entrepreneurs have an article or a podcast or something that comes out, what is the best way that they can use that to promote themselves? Like how do they get people to see or listen to that podcast or see the, mag- the article in Eat? How do they use it to their advantage? Look, um, that's something that we've actually been doing a lot of work on. And, and one of the uh, interesting things which I've been experimenting with lately, which has been, I think it's been phenomenal, actually, is, is some stuff on LinkedIn. And I can't really talk to it now because I realized after I explained to somebody and they uh, they didn't really understand what I was talking mm-hmm. about, <laughs> they, they didn't kind of get it. So, um, But I'll give you an idea because I'm going to create a okay. video for this. It's going to come out in our newsletter in the next couple of weeks. So if anybody wants to sign up for that newsletter, they can go to eatmag.com and uh, there's a, a blue box there that says uh, get weekly updates. We never actually get around to doing weekly updates <laughs> normally every couple of weeks. But, um, and, and look, there's two streams of 
traffic in LinkedIn that I think people don't utilize at all, and I think they're really important. So I'm going to be creating a video on, on actually how to access those streams within LinkedIn. Uh, okay. And these are two groups of people that really want to hear from you, and I think a lot of people don't take advantage of it. And as I've been testing this over the last couple of weeks, it's been phenomenal. Oh, wow. um, so I think that there's plenty of links there. I think, um, I think Instagram is, is fantastic. We have only been on Instagram for the last few months. Uh, I, I love Instagram. Four thousand followers, yeah. <laughs> um, and and so I think there's a lot of uh, stuff there. I think Periscope for artists could be uh, fantastic. And uh, we're actually having Kathy Hackle, who is the director of the Periscope Community Summit, coming on the podcast shortly. This is the first Periscope user-generated conference. It's in New York on the 22nd of September to the 20th. And I think if, if artists begin to connect on some of these new tools coming out, Periscope, uh, that sort of thing that they can, they can really visually get their work out. So I think there's still lots of really good stuff um, happening on social media that people perhaps aren't using that they could. And the other thing, of course, is that uh, we know that there's some arrangement now between Twitter and uh, Google, and, and I've been testing this as well. So I know that if we... If you go onto Google and you search for Eat Magazine, E-A-T-T space magazine, if we've put a tweet out that we've created, not one that we've retweeted, but we've done one ourselves, we mm -hmm. put that out, that'll come up about five or six posts down the front page. And this, is, this can be really good for artists that want to get their brand out, uh, is to set up this live stream. Now, of course, how do you set all this up? And, and, and you know, particularly on Twitter, you know, how do you automate these things? Because mm -hmm. I know that for people, there's a lot of um, issues around, you know, don't log in every day and, and sort of tweet every day. But uh, there's, there's a great thing called Buffer, Buffer.com. So we're going to be putting uh, the link to that in our newsletter as well, just showing people how to automate things. So I think, I think there's a lot, of, a lot of room in certain areas for people to really take advantage of. Wow. I'm, I hadn't heard of a couple of those that you mentioned, and I know you mentioned LinkedIn to me, so I've been wanting to research that. Um, great information. I, I think I'm signed up for your newsletter, but I'm definitely going to check when I get home because I want this information. This is fantastic. Um, I know a lot of people get kind of um, bogged down by social media about um, how many different options there are and how to best use their time, and I think it's kind of all about figuring out what works for you and finding the... Um, like one of the things I do is with Instagram, when I post on Instagram, I can click Facebook and Twitter and it automatically posts for me. So it's finding ways like that. And it sounds like Colin has um, a bunch of um, information on how to utilize these different areas of social media um, to help you as an artist get your information out there. We've got about three minutes left, Colin. What, what is the last thing we should talk about? Well, look, I just wanted to say um, uh, the second part of your question was, you know, in terms of the podcast content, we've, uh, when I look at the stream and I, there's so much, we've done a lot on startups, we've done a lot of artists, we're going to continue with that theme. We've got an amazing travel section coming up, uh, which is opening very shortly, and I would, I would love some of your uh, KSKQ listeners to uh, join us for that. We are going to a couple of islands. I can't name them uh, yet until, until we get the first series out, and so, so by all means, um, come to eatmag.com and, and you can join the stream. Uh, there's a whole lot of different ways of getting to us on the podcast stream. You can get to us through Stitcher and uh, Spreaker as well. And speaking of Spreaker, 
CTO of Podcast One, and, and he was the manager of Podcast at, at, at Microsoft previously. And I think he's going to have some really good um, information as well for uh, not only entrepreneurs but also for the artists listening. So I think I think there's a lot a lot coming up. And I guess the other thing is that we've got an interview with you, Cami, and I just I just realised that in actual fact, I think you've given us is it ten top tips from the two trips that you did to. San Francisco and Seattle, is that right? Yeah, I'm really excited for that podcast um, to launch because um, Cullen called me after I had done, they were my second and third trade shows that I had done, and he asked me, this is one of the things I love about Cullen, is he's always interested in putting out information for um, other entrepreneurs, so he asked me to give my um, top five tips from each of the trade shows, and I do think they're really valuable, um, just because if you are interested in getting your product out in that way, and I think even if it's not just a trade show, I think it translates to art festivals and other types of uh, marketing yourself like that, like in a booth table, you know, that type of situation. Um, having some information when you walk into it, because it's really hard to visualize otherwise. So I loved him asking me those questions, and I think the answers were valuable. And I'm really excited for the podcast to come out, Colin. Do you have an idea? Is that in the next week or two? Yeah, look, we'll be coming out in the next week or two, actually, which is, which is good, and it's um, the other thing that's happening in the magazine, uh, which is not there yet, it's going to appear magically tomorrow. Um, this is one of the things I love about this magazine is that it's sort of, even though we publish it, um, we can every couple of weeks put an extra thing in now and again. We can upload our extra podcasts. Uh, we've got a book coming out. I can't talk about it at the moment. It's not here. Um, <laughs> so many teasers. So, yeah, look, I mean, I think that the whole marriage now between the magazine and the podcast and the newsletter is really opening it up and it's really allowing us to give people stuff that's valuable and I suppose when I talk about value when it comes to social media I'm always talking about time in results out and I think I think I, I think there's lots of ways of doing things where you're not spending so much time on that but you're getting some real value out of it that's amazing um, listeners I want to give you a number that you can um, text to if you'd like a copy of Eat Magazine, text E A T T M A G to one four eight zero four one eight one four one one, and it will send you the link to um, subscribe to Eat Magazine. And Colin, thank you so much for calling. I really appreciate you getting up so early in the morning. I'm sure you're going to want to go have some coffee and breakfast now, but I really appreciate you being with us. All right, thank you very much, Kenny. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye, Colin. So this is Art on the Airwaves with Cammie Davis on KSKQ 89.5 FM in Ashland, Oregon. And we are going to our next song with Martin Ball. Martin, what is the second song? Oh, I'm not going to ask you the name. I guess. No, I, I can tell you the name. You I, I know what I'm going to do for this one. Okay. Uh, this one's called Turning the Dark. Ooh. Which uh, recently I've split actually into two different songs. So there's like part one and part two, but I'm just going to play it all together. As, oh, my God. This, I'm this fascinated. Is, this is the original. I'm fascinated. It sounds dark and ominous, and I cannot wait. So here's Martin Ball.
beautiful. I love that. So we are on Art on the Airways with Cami Davis, and my studio guest today is Martin Ball, who I'm so happy to have to be interviewing him because every time that I've been in the studio with him, he's been interviewing me. Welcome to the show. Thanks again, Cammie. <laughs> I feel like you should be asking me questions. I don't know. This is just throwing me off a little bit. Um, actually, the first thing I want to talk about is how many different instruments do you play? Well, it kind of depends on how you count. Um, <laughs> so I play guitar, but that's both six-string and 12-string guitar. And in the six-string guitar, I usually play that in two different tunings. So right now I have it tuned to a, an altered tuning. It's actually my own private tuning. I've never met anybody what who What does uses. that mean? I- well, a standard <laughs> a standard guitar is tuned going from the uh, highest string to the lowest string is E, B, G, D, A, E. That's the tuning of the string. So okay. right now I have the guitar tuned as E, B, F sharp, B, A, E. So that's my own private. Wild and crazy. Yeah, it's my own private tuning, and I came up with it when I was around 19 years old. And then on the sixth. Uh, excuse me, the 12-string guitar, I usually keep that tuned to a form of D. Um, so I either use dadgad or I use an open D tuning, and then I also use um, an open D minor tuning on the 12-string. Huh. So that's, you know, it's kind of, in a sense, it's sort of like five different instruments because wow. the, the chords are completely different yeah. if you tune your guitar to an altered tuning. And I like doing a lot of open chords, which is why I do the alter tunings on the guitar. Mm-hmm. So then I also play bass guitar, though I should qualify that with uh, my bass guitar has been sitting in the corner for a number of years. <laughs> um, so I haven't really been playing it, but I used to play that a lot. That was one of my first instruments. Um, mandolin. And I also play keyboards, and that oh gives me access to just as many instruments as I can fit on my computer. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Then a variety of percussion instruments. So like uh, djembe, doombeck, talking drum, congas, bongos, frame drums, rattles, shakers, etc., etc. Uh, I play a little jew harp, also sometimes called a jaw harp. It's one of these little metal twangers that you hold in your mouth. And you go, oh, bang, 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 bang. cool. Uh, play didgeridoo, Native American flute, and also a couple different South American flutes, a little Irish penny whistle. Um, uh, harmonica, and I also do throat and overtones singing. I was going to say, don't forget to mention your own instrument, because yeah. I was, it, it was at that coffee shop, uh, Broadway Coffee? I don't know. The first time I heard you do, like, this thing with your throat, and I was like, oh, my God, that's like its own instrument. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Well, throat singing is, is pretty much the same as playing a didgeridoo, except you're vibrating something. I don't even know what part it is. You're vibrating something in your in your throat. Whereas with the didgeridoo, you're vibrating with your lips. And uh, with throat singing, the, the interior of your throat and your mouth is the resonating chamber. And with the didgeridoo, it's just exterior. It's the tube that's outside your body. Like, I'm speechless. I, I, I cannot. I love music. Like, I live my life by music, and yet I am not musical. I can't play anything. I'm sure I can't sing in tune. I don't even try anymore. Can you spontaneously do one of those throat things, or am I totally putting you on the spot right now so people can hear what it is? Oh, 
my god, that is so cool. <laughs> yeah, I can't do that. Um, that. See, that's so intriguing to me. So what started you in music? Like, it sounds like, did you start from a young age? Well, when I was really young, my sister and I took piano lessons. And that was actually only for a few months, and then our piano teacher moved away. And we got a new piano teacher, and neither my sister nor I liked the new piano teacher. Oh, so that, that ended. So I think we maybe had like six months uh-huh. worth of piano lessons when we were really young. And okay. And my dad uh, used to like to buy me like little Casio keyboards, like these little tiny things. <laughs> and, you know, oh, I want a picture of that. So I always had one of those. And then it was around, I think I was about 14 years old where... We used to spend summers in Santa Cruz in California because my dad would teach summer school at UC Santa Cruz. Where did you live? In Chico, California. Oh, okay, okay. So about, you know, three and a half hours south of here. So we used to go to Santa Cruz, and uh, when I was 14 years old, um, I just kind of had this epiphany. I was listening to the radio, and I think I was listening to the Cure's song, Why Can't I Be You? Okay. Which is the Cure's, one of my... Favorite all-time bands. So I was listening to this song, and yeah, I just had this epiphany where I, I was just realizing that, well, I could do this if I wanted. That, you know, I just have a way of listening to music where I really pick it apart. That I listen to, here's what the rhythm guitar is doing versus the bass guitar and the lead guitar and the keyboards and the drums. And so wow. really kind of analyzing things as I listen to it and figuring out, oh, this isn't that hard. I could do this. Mm-hmm. So at that point, um, I started messing around more on the keyboard. And then later... About a year later or so, I bought a guitar, and then shortly after that, I bought a bass guitar. And I've just been collecting instruments ever since. And, <laughs> you know, I am completely untrained musically. Like, sometimes musicians, like, try and talk music to me. Like, oh, well, this yeah. is a minor diminished seventh <laughs> with it a suspended. It's like, look, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I can't read music. I don't know anything technical about music. But I just, I love music. Yeah. And I love creating as many different styles and kinds of music as I can. So for me, that that's what's fun about music is that I get to sit around and I can make whatever I want mm-hmm. and always try out new things. So that it's, is, a, it's a lot of fun. That is so cool. And when you said, I love music, I mean, that was it right there. Like you just had me beaming when you said that. I, I think that's the passion for whatever creative outlet that we have that is so inspiring to other people. You inspired me when you said that. I have to make a comment on one of the things when you were saying that, that you said that just made me kind of chuckle was you said, you were talking about all these different instruments, and you're like, it's not that hard. And I was chuckling because Martin walks in the in the studio, and I'm like, all these things that I don't know how to do is still here after being on the air for two years. And I was asking him questions, and he's like, it's not that hard. Oh, it's not that hard. Oh, it's not that hard. And I'm thinking to myself, maybe not for you. <laughs> well, that's my approach to life. It's not that hard. Oh, oh I, well, I like that. But you do seem to, to pick things up really quickly. Okay, so when did you start? Like, what? What was the first time you performed in front of other people? I guess that would probably be maybe my junior. Yeah, I think it's probably my junior year of high school. Um, I was in a couple different bands in high school. Uh, three. Wait, were you in band? No, uh, well, for, for <laughs> or in bands, which I, is more cool. Yeah, Garage no, bands. For a short <laughs> while, I think it was in junior high. I think. I think it was junior high. I played like snare drum okay, in like okay. the school band, you know, just standing there. You have to hold it the right way and all that. But the first time I actually did 
my own music was with a band that I was in in high school. It was called Mild Euphoria. Mm-hmm. And they were having, um, like, the day, Days on the Green. It was, like, every Thursday they would have, like, a band from school, like, play out on the grass during lunchtime. And oh, so we had, like, a 40-minute oh, set or something like school, that. At high school? Oh, that yeah. would be nerve-wracking. Yeah, so that was my first time <laughs> just playing some acoustic guitar. Were you comfortable or, or nervous? Oh, no, I've always been comfortable performing. Oh, yeah, you seem and, completely comfortable. Yeah, and, you know, when I was a little kid, I used to do a lot of theater. Uh, and so, you know, I was always an actor and yeah. always enjoyed being up on stage. And, you know, being in, in front of the public was, was never oh, a problem for me. Cool. Yeah, so that was, I, was, I guess I was probably 16 mm-hmm. years old okay. at the time. And, yeah, just a 40-minute set. That was the only time that band, like, ever, quote, performed <laughs> somewhere. You know, we, we used to rehearse a lot and just play together a lot but that was probably our only actual gig that we ever had <laughs> i love that so where did you um take it from there like i know what, what's fat one of the many things that's fascinating to me about you is that you you're a musician you're an artist you're a professor you i mean it goes on and on and on the things that you do so how did your life progress from there what decisions did you make with your creativity oh well, <laughs> I know that's a big question, isn't it? Well, as, you know, as soon as I got into music, I've, I've just always been making music. So since I was 14 or 15. So I, you never stopped. It's always. No, no, no. I've always made music. Um, awesome. And it really was when I was in my second year of college when I got a uh, four track tape recorder. Then I started actually really recording my own music. Well, I used to do it before then, but it was, the sound quality was terrible because I'd sit there and I'd, re- I'd record like a rhythm guitar part. And then I'd play that tape and then put it into another tape player while I'm playing another instrument with that. Oh. And so then I'd do the bass line. And so then I'd have the rhythm guitar and the bass. And then I'd feed that back into another tape player with another <laughs> instrument. And by the time you get to the completed song, like the sound quality is just garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then, How do you record your music now? All on the computer. You, because I, I was it's listening to yours again yesterday. Because I was, I w- was painting again yesterday. I was listening to that song again, and I, I was wondering that because it sounds to me. Um, let's talk about that for a second. Um, the, the song I'm talking about is Eagle Quest. We're going to pay, mm-hmm. play it at the end of the show today. I want everyone to hear it. And um, that song spoke to me so much for the uh, video that I was trying to create about this certain concept of learning to like find my own wings and let go. And your song is. Oh, my God. I cannot wait for you to see the video, which I'm still editing, Martin, because it is beautiful. His song says the whole thing because it's, it's almost like right at the beginning and you go into, I believe it's, it's flute. It's after about 17 seconds. Mm-hmm. And that's the point where, where you know, I find my wings. Um, but you played like three different instruments um, that I videotaped you at. And so I could tell, oh, my God, he's playing like all the different parts of the song. Is yeah. that correct? Is, every, is everything on that song you? Yes, that's the same with all my music. Yeah. It's amazing to me. So you record it in certain sections, but you record it now on the computer. Yeah, so everything's done digitally on the computer, and different songs start in, in different places, um, meaning some songs I start with the chords on the guitar, and then other songs I start with a keyboard part or a drum part or... You know, there's lots of different ways to start a song. And then it's just, it's like making a cake. You're just layering it. Or sometimes I refer to it as a body that first you've got to get the bones. And that would just be whatever the main rhythm instrument is, whether it's a keyboard part or a guitar part, that first put that down. 
And those are usually chords. And then from there, I'll build a drum beat around that, then usually go to bass next, and then work on kind of ornamental rhythm sections, and then kind of start dividing the song into different sections. Um, Even if it's just the same four chords over and over again, there still will be like a chorus and a verse, you know, where you add in different instruments to change the feel of the song. And then usually it's the lead instruments that come in last, either be lead keyboard or lead guitar or flute or something like that. And most of my songs probably have between 10 and 20 tracks of oh, instruments. You know, it just it depends on the song. Yeah. The, um, the song t- takes me on a journey. And to me, that is what when I like music the most is when I go on a journey when I'm listening to it. Um, do you write it like intending that? Like, are you is there something in your mind when you're when the music is coming to you? Are you thinking of a certain thing or not? Usually I'm just listening. And, you know, most of the songs that I record, um, I have no idea what I'm going to do when I sit down and turn on the computer. I'm just in the mood to make music. And so I just sit there and I just mess around for a while till I find something that I like and then just start building a song around that. But my overall goals with music is I want to make something that's captivating, something mm-hmm. that's beautiful, and something that has nice melodies. That, uh, that, for me, is what's interesting about music. And also because I'm mainly an instrumental musician Mm -hmm. and composer that I want to make music that's captivating on its own. I don't want the song to feel like it's missing something because it doesn't have lyrics so that, you know, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of different lead instruments and things that I use. And and I like, I like music to be dramatic. Yes. Yours is. That's one of the things I love about it. Um, I've talked to some people about that as far as what music um, I'm drawn to, like when I'm painting and I like passion is how I describe it. But dramatic is another way to say it. Like I like the highs and lows. And when you were describing the way you, you do your music, it's like abstract expressionism, which is what I paint in music form. Like that's how you're creating is how I create paintings. That's really cool. Um, I got kind of sidetracked because I was uh, so excited to talk about the video. Video. Um, and wait till you guys see this, by the way, because I um, the video that I took of Martin, he brought three of his instruments up to the top of Mount Ashland. Mm-hmm. It was much colder than I was expecting. It was frosty that day. <laughs> it was frosty, and he's like, I don't think I can do another take. I can't move my fingers. <laughs> and actually, we I did I took did two takes of each of the instruments, and I really only needed to do one because the scenery and you playing, it was so beautiful. I can't wait for people to see this. Um, and I'm actually actually going to post it by the by Sunday so you'll be able to see that video um it will be cammydavis.com c-a-m-m-y davis.com um is one of the places you'll be able to see it and of course I'll be um posting it to art on the airwaves as well um but I got sidetracked because we started talking about it and um I want to go back to where you we were talking about your creative journey um like where how it progressed yeah well in high school, mostly I was playing like alternative style music and then kind of started getting into reggae music. And so by the time I got to college, um, had formed a reggae band mm-hmm. at Occidental College. And that only lasted for about a year because uh, two of the members of the band ended up moving away. Then also got into an acoustic guitar duet, which is kind of like coffee house style mm-hmm. alternative music um, with this guy, Kevin Feely who's still making music out there as well. Um, He still is in Southern California. There's the phone. By the way, if you're calling, when we're talking, we can't answer the phone because we're talking on the radio. (laughs) You can just turn down the ringer on that. Yeah. 
Thank you for calling, caller, but we are speaking on the radio. Um, and then it was my friend Kevin who introduced me to the concept of the four-track tape recorder, which is specifically designed for recording music, which uh, splits tracks on the tape so that you can record multiple instruments and it preserves the sound quality. And then you can bounce things around. But that's when I really started composing in earnest at that point. And then it was later when I got into graduate school no, after graduate, it was all the way after graduate school that my friend Kevin again uh, invited me down to his place in Santa Monica, and he had Pro Tools, which was the first digital recording program that I'd ever come across, yeah. and he let me know that, you know, this is a professional program, and he said, but there's a free copy available. So I downloaded that, and then, so that was in the year 2000, and that's when I converted into digital music recording, which is much, much easier than using tape because you can treat it kind of like a word processor. You know, you can take, just edit out little bits that you want to edit out and you can move things around. Like if you have a guitar oh, solo okay. at the beginning of the song that you think would sound better at the end of the song, you just drag it to where you want it and it snaps right <laughs> into place. So it's just a wonderful tool. And then yeah. through digital software, if you get a MIDI keyboard, then that gives you access to all kinds of digital instruments. And a lot of the ones that I work with are sampled instruments. So I have access to a full symphony orchestra, choirs, um, mm. instruments know. from around the world. But, and it, it's, not, it's not just a digital facsimile. It's actually the instrument has been recorded and the audio has been stored in the computer. And then you can access that through the keyboard, through the oh, synthesizer. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, my God. Now, I know you have a bunch of upcoming shows, like a bunch. Like, Martin is yeah. busier than anyone I know. He was. You just traveled a couple of places out of the country, and then you were back, and it just keeps going on. So to, let's talk about your upcoming shows, though, for people who, who want to listen. Yeah, well, tonight for First Friday, I'm going to be playing music at Snow Paniton's Place, which is at 125 Sherman Street, um, just a little bit off from downtown Ashland, and that's from 5 to 8 tonight, and my friend uh, Brom Lightborn is going to be playing with me, and my wife Jessalyn will be coming and singing a few songs uh, oh, that we hi, do Jessalyn. together. So that's a three-hour gig, 5 to 8 p.m. tonight. And then tomorrow, uh, another band that I play with, Z Ensemble, is having a live music ecstatic dance at the Haven. And it's actually burn night, meaning that Saturday night is the night that the man gets burned at Burning Man. Oh, which, uh, uh, burn night. Yeah. And so we're going to be projecting the live video stream from Burning Man onto <gasps> the walls of the Haven wow. so that anybody who didn't make it out to Burning Man this year, like myself, can still enjoy the burning of the man. Oh my God. And we'll be playing music for that, and that'll be a lot of fun. That's really and cool. And then next Saturday, also at the Haven, um, from 8.30 to 10 p.m., I'm going to be having a CD release party that I recorded a new album at the beginning of the summer. I thought I saw you had a new album. Yeah. So we're going to be doing a CD release party for that, and that's going to start with a half an hour acoustic sound journey. We'll all just be playing a variety of acoustic instruments and kind of improvising for a half an hour, let people space out. And then we'll also be having some fractal art projections up on the wall for that. And then from 9 to 10, I'll be playing songs off of the new album. We'll all be playing guitar with um, electronic 
backing tracks from the album. And my friend Matthew Target will be doing a dance performance for the first song. And uh, another friend, Zachariah, is going to be doing some projection mapping for Matt's dance and then also just doing some visual projections for the remainder of the show. So it's kind of going to be a multimedia show. Oh, my God. And we have not even had a chance to talk about Martin's art, which means Martin's going to need to come back on my show um, sometime next year. Hopefully I can get him on and we can we can talk more and maybe I'll be able to get him to bring like the didgeridoo or flute or something mm-hmm. in here as well, although the throat acoustics was so cool, as was the guitar. Um, Martin, I want to send people out by letting them know because a lot of the listeners um, are not local so they cannot go and listen to you local sadly but if they want your new cd or if they want the one with eagle quest how do people find that well my main webpage is martinball.net m-a-r-t-i-n-b-a-l-l.net and there you can find pretty much all the different things that i do and there's um a link on that web page that has all my music which is available through cd baby and it's also on itunes and i also have music on Bandcamp and soundcloud and pretty much anywhere you find digital music that i have music out there i have many many different albums available mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're all pretty different because i change musical yeah, styles kind of all the time yeah um so I I encourage people just to listen around and find what you like because a lot of it's very different. My most recent album is called Lucidium, and it's more of an alternative dream pop style collection of songs. The one before that was called Dimensional Masters of the Translucent. That's the one that has Eagle Quest on it. And that's more of an electronic dance music kind of Mm down-tempo sort of CD. And then I've got a bunch of other ones that are totally different from that as well. Well, I can't wait to um, to listen to it. And thank you so much for being on Art on the Airwaves. Yeah, thanks for having Martin. me on. And if you can help me put up Eagle Quest, and we're going to send you guys out with this gorgeous song. Yeah, so just um, take your mouse and drag that song over to the top of the playlist on the right. Uh, over here? Yeah, just okay. throw it right in there. And then I need to turn this on? Turn that on and turn the volume up. Okay, on thanks. The, on the computer. Thank you for listening to Art on the Airwaves with Cami Davis. Thanks on, for having me, Cami. Thank you. And um, thank you to both of our guests, Colin Pulp and Martin Ball. And let's see. Do I have it? Oh. Cami learning something new. Thanks for listening to Art on the Airwaves with Cami Davis. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.